Cocktails A Good Omens Potfic Written by Tony Owl 95 and read by Literarian Summary Crowley's love life is on the rocks, so he finally swears off men. Typical that his new job places him with a co-worker who's so straight-up sexy. Or in which Aziraphale tries to mix things up, Crowley is shaken and Anathema is a right stirrer. But could a relationship be worth a shot? Chapter 1 Negroni Twenty second August twenty twenty two. Cocktails. Because it's fun to mix things up. What to expect if your date drinks a Negroni? A sophisticated and complex aperitif for a sophisticated and complex cocktail connoisseur. The Negroni drinker is a straight talker with a soft center, always curious and ready to try new things between the sheets. Negroni ingredients. One ounce of gin, one ounce of Campari, one ounce of sweet vermouth. Negroni directions. Combine all ingredients in mixing glass with ice. Stir. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass or over ice in a rocks glass. Garnish with an orange twist and enjoy. More below the cut. It didn't take long for Crowley to start putting himself down for the same shifts as Aziraphale. As far as he was concerned, it was a no-brainer. Aziraphale was relaxed behind the bar, both charming and confident. He also had the enviable ability to read exactly what the customers wanted. No wonder that the regulars obviously adored him. Crowley could see why. He had a way of looking at a person that made them believe they were the center of the world. His smile would make anyone feel lighter on their feet. He was easy to work with. That was all it was. And if Anathema smirked at Crowley knowingly sometimes, well, that wasn't his fault, was it? His heart was safe. That resolve was tested almost to the limit when Aziraphale put a hand on Crowley's waist to keep him still while he reached above him for one of the top-shelf spirits. A soft, excuse me, my dear, a whiff of vanilla and spice, and Aziraphale was gone, leaving Crowley halfway through slicing lime wedges with his heart squeezing tight. He glanced back to see what Aziraphale was actually doing with the Tankerai gin. That was a mistake. There was nothing overly complicated about a Negroni. Crowley made a pretty good one himself, having mixed and drunk enough of them to find the perfect gin and vermouth pairing, in his opinion. Aziraphale made the mixing look so 
effortless, though, and Mrs. Dowling laughed at his patter, all bright-eyed and hair-twirly. Competent. That was what Aziraphale was. Absolute master of mixing glass and strainer and ice and customer. It made Crowley jealous and weak-kneed all at once. He fidgeted as he finished working, unsure whether he wanted to snap sarcastically or push Aziraphale against the back bar and snog him until neither of them could breathe. Seeing as both options wouldn't be appropriate behavior for the prestigious prophecy bar at the Ritz, Crowley put his frustrated sexual energy into making a round of classic daiquiris for the businessmen who'd just taken up residence at the end of the intimate curved bar. It was just before the pre-dinner time rush, and they seemed open for a chat, so Crowley hung around, flirted a bit with one of them, before going back to check on the stock. Even though he knew it was fine, before he ended up with a phone number scribbled on a napkin. Crowley didn't do that sort of thing anymore. Nope, given it up. Gone completely cold turkey. It wasn't like he'd even been enjoying it anymore, just going through the motions while he chased the increasingly elusive endorphins that would make him feel special for five fucking minutes. Well, not even that. If he could get a five-minute orgasm, Crowley might not have been so ready to give it up after all. He crouched down to check the napkin trays, ignoring the familiar ache in his back that warned he'd been doing rather too much bending and crouching this week. It was time to do some stretches. You know what always used to take your mind off your dodgy back? Hissed the temptation that lurked in the corner of his mind, encouraging him to seek that next hit. Crowley gripped the counter hard. Aziraphale may make his heart flutter, may draw his gaze more than was helpful in a job that required your constant attention, but that didn't mean Crowley had to give in. He was in control of his own decisions and not subject to niggling little brain gremlins and irrational hormones whispering to him that this time... This time, he'd find reciprocated love and self-worth riding someone else's cock. Better to put time and energy on working to get good tips, sacrificing some sleep to get gigs at daytime events, and eventually getting his own bar back home. Not exactly a place that would be reviewed in trade magazines or win awards, but Crowley was as over those kinds of accolades as he was random hookups. He wanted a place to settle and be known. A place that was his and where he could be part of a proper community. While also milking the tourists who trolled through the historic city of Edinburgh Old Town for all they were worth. Just because Crowley was getting sentimental didn't mean he wasn't still approaching the venture as a business. I appreciate your diligence, but we are all prepared. 
Crowley glanced up from his crouch. This created a moment of pure terror when he realized his nose was inches from Aziraphale's cock. The trousers he wore were fairly loose, but Crowley had heard rumors about what they might be hiding. He wet his lips. Keeping his hand on the bar, Crowley stood up fully. Always pays to be sure. He took half a step back before that vanilla and spice scent made him want to do something foolish. And the customers are always watching. Got to make sure they don't see us just lounging about. How very conscientious of you. Aziraphale smiled, and his gaze flicked down to Crowley's lips before drifting back up. Yes, it definitely did that. No denying it. Crowley swallowed. His fingers drummed on the bar top while the chemicals in his brain, the already fired synapses, whispered, You ache, you're tired, you've been feeling a bit lonely and run down by it all. It'll make you feel good. Just touch his forearm, smile a bit. Crowley did smile, but only to cover the wine rising in his throat. It was unfair that Aziraphale looked so good in the uniform of gold and dark green waistcoat. He even brought an unfair level of hotness to the bow tie, something that Crowley felt made him look like a chemistry professor. I'm going to... Crowley stepped back. Get more ice. Do you need to cool down? Aziraphale tilted his head, eyebrow lifting gently. He did another one of those quick gaze drops. Crowley's lips, Crowley's eyes, Crowley's lips again. Fuck! Crowley fled. Anathema found him leaning against the ice freezer in the storeroom. Crowley. She cupped his face with both hands and sighed. Ah, Crowley, Crowley, Crowley. Did you want something, or do you just like moaning my name? I wasn't moaning. Anathema stepped back. Or if I were, it was less to do with my unsatisfied lust for your rather stringy body than my despair over your inability to have said body ravished by a hot blonde. I don't want to be ravished. He didn't. Well, okay, he did, but Crowley also had the self-awareness to realize that wasn't enough now. <laughs> then why are you hiding down here with your ass on ice? Anathema laughed. Anathema, you were the one who told me casual sex wasn't a healthy coping mechanism. Was I? Huh. She hopped up to sit on one of the storage crates. I wonder why. Aziraphale is an Aquarius, so... Let me stop you there. Crowley held up his hand. 
I resisted the ex-boss with the fallen angel smile and the charismatic guest last week with eyes that held worlds in them. I am not going to fall off the wagon because you think our birth charts match. Even if I told you he is very gifted. Anathema smiled, ripped with slyness. I know he's gifted. I've seen him mix a whole round of mojitos from scratch at rush hour and without breaking a sweat. Oh, wait. Crowley pretended to catch on. You're trying to be cute while telling me that he has a huge cock, aren't you? Anathema inspected her nails. Well, there has to be a reason that Mrs. Darlin comes back here to make moon eyes at him every time she stays in London. And it can't just be because Aziraphale makes a killer Negroni. Wait, he slept with the American ambassador. Only once, that's the thing. He only ever does it with someone once, much to Gabriel's annoyance. Wait, Gabriel? The guest relations manager? It was true, however, that when there was a cause for Gabriel to come into Prophecy Bar, there was always an atmosphere. Crowley had been putting that down to high and mighty middle management being displeased at having to interact with the plebs. Aziraphale was always at his most excruciatingly polite when Gabriel ever made a request of him, though. As though one false step would shatter Aziraphale's perfectly put-together veneer. Gabriel's fit, Anathema shrugged. Until he opens his mouth to speak. If he opened his mouth with me, he wouldn't get as far as speaking. And that's not my point. You can go fuck your anxiety out with Aziraphale knowing there's no chance of a second time and no hope of a relationship. <laughs> relationship. Crowley snorted, staring at his shoes. He didn't intend to fall in love with his hookups. He went into it for the serotonin of being the sole focus of someone's attention. It was just that it wasn't enough. He was a greedy, needy little thing that wanted more. Couldn't help it. He had enough baggage to fill two of those trolleys the porters were always wheeling around the lobby. Anathema knew it. Oh, Crowley. Crowley, Crowley, Crowley. Considering how much casual sex you've had, you are so fucking bad at it. Anathema shook her head. Which is why I've given it up. Honestly, Crowley fell in love as fast and hard as a Disney heroine. It was mortifying. And he just wasn't going to do it anymore. Crowley grabbed a bag of ice and headed for the door. And that was that. Settling into a new workplace always came with challenges, and as slick and smooth as Prophecy Bar tried to appear, there were still things that niggled. 
customers were generally relaxed, but when they were rude, they were some of the worst Crowley had ever been forced to deal with. And the bar was so exclusive that it could be easy to bang elbows, especially when Newt was on shift. And of course, Aziraphale's smile did not get easier to resist with time. Especially because the more Crowley worked with him, the more Crowley wanted to work with him. It started with simple things, like Crowley overhearing what Aziraphale was making and scooting a jar of olives down the bar to him. Then a clean jigger was thrown casually at Crowley when it was needed. He caught it behind his back with a smirk. The upper-crust Hindu ladies applauded. Crowley's tips had been off the charts. Served Aziraphale right for also making a comment about Crowley not having checked the equipment at his mixing station to begin with. It was fun, that was the thing. Aziraphale was fun. And that was dangerous. It'd be stupid to walk away from that kind of tipping, though, despite the absolute carnage of heartbreak Crowley saw spiralling towards him as fast as that jigger had. Nice catch, Aziraphale said when the doors were closed and the bar was being wiped down. Well, I practice at home, not in front of the guests. Crowley glanced up from replacing the glasses on their shelves. Lines of sparkle ready for the show tomorrow. Oh, you've been reading cocktails. Aziraphale said it with a particular air of condescension. We all do, don't we? Crowley murmured. After all, Aziraphale knew where the phrase had come from. Just no one admits to it. And as silly as the blog appeared, a sex and the city for bartenders, no less, the mystery writer knew his trade. He could spot a trend a mile away. Crowley liked scrolling through the past posts on his phone, looking for the bar reviews especially. It was good inspiration. He also had a vague timeline that mapped out the author's career based on what he wrote about. He'd been in all the high-class places. Coven, the Oyster Shack, probably even done a stint in Prophecy Bar. It was a very tenuous but enjoyable brain puzzle to pick away at like knots in a fine chain. You clearly do read it. Aziraphale said as Crowley slipped past him on the way to the staff room. So do you. Nighty-night. Crowley walked away, trying desperately to keep his hips under control. Wiggling them meant he was soliciting attention. He did not want that kind of attention. Crowley was pulling stuff out of his locker when he heard the door open quietly behind him. You aren't staying for drinks? Aziraphale. Again. 
I never do. Crowley was already risking too much. The idea of a post-work drink, which might lead to more drinks somewhere else, which might lead to a walk home, Crowley pushed the idea away. No, Aziraphale stayed leaned against the wall. Why is that? I'm tired and I want to go home. There's a gig tomorrow that I'm working too. You do that a lot. Management doesn't mind. Aziraphale sighed. <sighs> do you ever just stop and relax, Crowley? Working now so I can relax later. If you don't wear yourself out first. Nah, won't happen. Crowley grinned over his shoulder. Why am ducking out on you now? He tried to not let his eyes linger on Aziraphale's thighs, the broad shoulder propped against the door jamb. The image of Aziraphale standing there, ripe for the taking, followed Crowley onto the night bus. He rested his shoes against the seat opposite and distracted himself by sketching some more ideas for his bar layout. Outside, the city flashed past, a blur of buildings jumping from dark to light to dark. It felt lonely. Crowley flipped to a clean page and began work on some recipes instead. Is Azira fell in this evening? There had already been some small talk, which meant that when Mrs. Dowling asked, it almost sounded casual. Just on his break. Which meant Crowley was working with Anathema, who was just a bit down the bar, putting on some flair for a couple splashing out on their anniversary. Crowley tried not to notice the looks they exchanged or the way they held hands below the bar. It made him yearny and twitchy. He's very good at what he does, isn't he? Mrs. Dowling said. Although apparently not so irreplaceable that she wasn't prepared to let someone else make her Negroni. He is, Crowley said. Then, because it was quiet and Anathema was still breaking out her moves, added... But I don't know the extent of his talents as well as you. Do you not? Poor thing. Mrs. Dowling got a misty look in her eye before she focused on Crowley again. You're missing a trait. They are quite extensive. Oh? Mrs. Dowling grinned wickedly, which was the exact moment Aziraphale came back from his break. Crowley smiled at Mrs. Dowling, shrugging an apology as he snatched a napkin and twirled it in the air. A simple thing to catch it on the back of his hand before flipping it onto the bar top. Well, it looked simple, but there were hours of practicing in the mirror behind it. Crowley placed the glass on top of the napkin and popped in a stirrer. Enjoy! 
He tilted his head towards Hazir Rafael, who had come over to say hello to their guest, even though she'd just been served. One of his hands rested lightly on the bar top, and the other snaked behind Crowley's back to squeeze his hip. When you're ready, my dear. Crowley bit his lip. The pressure of Aziraphale's fingers, his closeness, made him giddy. Ready to go on your break? The logical part of his brain told him, while his horny gremlins urged Crowley to quip about how ready he was for whatever Aziraphale wanted to do to him. Mrs. Dowling was a devil. Her scarlet lips twitched, a knowing eyebrow lifting as she met Crowley's eyes. Such a treat, she said. Crowley left the bar slowly, the back of his neck burning up. He went straight to the loose and splashed cold water on his face. Think of your bar. Think of your bar. Not the firm press of fingers, or a scent good enough to eat, or a voice like molten sugar. Crowley couldn't focus properly for the rest of the evening. Which was, of course, why a group of young, rich Americans decided to storm in. Prophecy Bar was built to impress. All warm gold and pristine white. Lights and mirrors strategically placed to make the whole thing sparkle like the inside of a duchess's Art Deco jewelry box. It was a beautiful place to work. The coziness of the space, however, did mean that too many of the wrong guests could turn the atmosphere in a heartbeat. Not that these assholes were as openly dangerous as the louts Crowley had dealt with when he started off pulling pines in the old town. They were already tipsy, though, and expecting the absolute best, but not prepared to wait for it or appreciate it when it was delivered. Even Aziraphale's smile got somewhat tense when the ringleader tried to tell him how to make a martini, then advised him he was still doing it wrong. When they'd finally fucked off and everything had been cleaned down for the evening, Anathema and Aziraphale set up tequila shots. Crowley? Aziraphale asked softly, hand hovering over the third shot glass. Nah, thanks, though. Come on, Anathema added. We've all bloody earned some stress relief tonight. Her eyes flicked to Aziraphale behind his back. You're tired, you ache, you're tense. He's tense. And fuck, yes. Crowley could imagine what it would be like. Hard and fast and sweaty. Crowley's back slammed against a vertical surface by Aziraphale's strong hands as they clawed at each other's clothing. His knees shivered. His stomach fluttered. 
And the next day he'd wake up and taste tequila and regret on his tongue. His heart would be bruised and beaten, and the joy he had in Aziraphale's company would be scorched and bleeding. Not worth it. Crowley shrugged, forcing a smile. Thanks, gotta go. He hurried out of the bar and was halfway to the bus stop when he realized his journal wasn't in his bag. Fuck. Crowley spun around and hurried back to the service door of the Ritz. He sprinted through the staff area and up to the room used by the bartenders. As he slammed open the door, Aziraphale nearly jumped from his skin. He stood by the lockers in his coat. In his hands was a black and red leather-covered journal, spine-stretched to accommodate all the editions and pages crackling with paint and PVA. Crowley's eyes fixed on it, heart swooping so hard and fast he felt dizzy. His hand gripped the door while he adjusted to seeing Aziraphale holding a part of his own soul, knowing Aziraphale had read something, but not knowing exactly what. Crowley, I thought you'd gone. I forgot. This is yours? Yeah. Crowley stepped forward, reaching out. He was desperate to fold the journal back against his heart and cradle it like a baby bird. Or maybe he was the baby bird in this scenario? Aziraphale let the journal be lifted from his hands. His eyes stayed on Crowley, full of so many emotions that moved so fast Crowley felt like he was falling. I was only looking to see if I could find out who it belonged to, Aziraphale said quietly. It looked so very loved that it had been a shame if it was permanently lost. Crowley gently closed the book. Thanks, but it's nothing, really. He retreated slowly. I like the idea for the green wall behind the bar. Aziraphale said quickly. Crowley swallowed. Me too. The desire to share his passion was at war with how vulnerable honesty might leave him. Aziraphale looked nervous too, though. His normally confident hands rung in front of his stomach. Those things are so hard to keep alive, Crowley heard himself say. I thought maybe some pots instead. Or hanging baskets, at different heights, it'd be in the theme. Create the sense of a garden, Aziraphale said eagerly. His smile was hopeful, encouraging. Oh, yeah, that could work. It could. The idea sparked excitement in Crowley's blood. He could see the arrangement in his mind. Fresh thinking, fresh drinking, Aziraphale shrugged. 
Now who's quoting cocktails? Honestly, I like the series about what your date's first cocktail says about them in bed. Complete fluff. Crowley had still gone through a stage of comparing his hookups' drink preferences to the blog in the hope of getting some enlightenment. Cocktails had successfully predicted the return of the Gienti, after all. Who was to say it wasn't better at relationship advice than an astrology column? But amusing, don't you think? Aziraphale bit his full bottom lip. Crowley, I have been meaning to ask you something. Okay, Crowley said cautiously. Anathema and I usually run a class at the mixologist. She stood me up for the next one and suggested you might want to step in for her. Oh, fuck. That hopeful little smile again, those pleading eyes. Saying no would be like kicking a puppy. And the mixologist was a premier London bar that ran frequent courses and experience days. The pay would be epic. Sure, yes, Crowley agreed. Ah, thank you. Aziraphale sighed with relief. We can talk about it more tomorrow. I know you probably have a bus to catch. Yeah, I should. Look, can I ask you something too? Of course. Aziraphale shut his locker. Did you really sleep with Mrs. Dowling? Crowley said quickly. Then immediately wanted to die. He was overtired, and it was making him stupid. Aziraphale paused for a moment. Then he hooked his bag over his now tense-looking shoulder. Well, she asked so nicely. <laughs> Is that all it takes? Crowley made himself laugh, as though he wasn't emotionally invested in the answer. Aziraphale looked at him seriously. Try it and find out. Those words, that gleam of interest in Aziraphale's eyes, were a shock vibrating all the way through Crowley's bones. A pause, dark and dreadful, bloomed while his foundations crumbled away. With hindsight, it was hard to tell which of them pounced first. All Crowley knew was that their mouths came together with an urgency that made his stomach flip and his cock perk up almost at once. Aziraphale's hands cupped his face, and Crowley, still gripping his journal to his chest, had his fray hand in Aziraphale's hair. Lips parted, tongues dragged together. Crowley quivered all over as his back hit the door. After so long living in a cold, grey world of abstinence, everything was technicolor again. He could feel. And fuck, 
but there were so many feelings, the most prominent of which was the fact that Aziraphale kissed Crowley like he was the only other being in existence, the only thing deserving of his attention in that moment. Crowley could get used to that. He'd hungered for it his whole life. He'd never survive when it was gone. We can't. I can't. Aziraphale stepped back at once. I'm sorry if I misread. No, I want to, but I can't because I'll fall in love with you. God, it sounded pathetic. It was pathetic. Crowley drew in a painful breath. Oh, <laughs> Aziraphale laughed nervously. Would you? Yep. And we wouldn't want that, would we? Aziraphale sounded unsure, though. He looked at Crowley with a frown, dragging his brows together. Crowley shook his head. Aziraphale grabbed his bag from where it had fallen on the floor. Then I'll just be on my way. Terribly sorry to keep you. Crowley leaned back against the door after he'd gone and closed his eyes. That had most certainly been a thing. Cocktails A Godomans Potfic Written by Tony Owl95 and read by Literarian Chapter 2 Whiskey Sour 3rd September 2022 Cocktails Because it's fun to mix things up What to expect if your date drinks a whiskey sour? Like the whiskey sour itself, your date is classic and complex. There are hidden depths here to be sipped and savoured. Although confident on the surface, they may need some gentle encouragement to reach their full potential when the clothes come off. Whiskey sour ingredients. Two ounces of whiskey, preferably bourbon, one ounce of lemon juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup, one egg white and garnish, brandied cherry, Angostura bitters to taste or lemon peel. Whiskey sour directions. Add all ingredients to a mixing tin and shake with ice, wet shake, until properly chilled. Remove the ice and shake again, dry shake to emulsify. Double strain over ice into a rocks glass and garnish as you please. More below the cuts. There was very little work to be done in the run-up to the mixologist class. 
Anathema and Aziraphale had a lesson plan that worked, and it wasn't even for young, eager things who wanted to get into bartending, but people with money to burn who wanted to flirt and get drunk. That made it all more about creating relaxed vibes than worrying too much about the nitty-gritty of mixing. As it was Crowley's first time, he would do the demonstrations, while Aziraphale did the patter. All the cocktails on the list were classics that Crowley could make with his eyes closed. There was really nothing much to prep. This was good, because Crowley had stopped putting himself down for the same shifts as Aziraphale. Sometimes he couldn't avoid it, but then he managed to keep a safe distance. Aziraphale, for his part, was as kind and considerate as ever. Although when he had to pass Crowley behind the bar or hand him something, there were no lingering touches, no smiles or meeting of gazes. Just as well. Better that Crowley had scared him off now rather than after anything too carnal had happened between them. It did mean that he approached Saturday lunchtime feeling rather queasy. There you are, my dear. Aziraphale was crouched down behind the bar trolley, checking their ingredients. Stopped at the street market, Crowley said, putting down the canvas bag. Aziraphale stood up and peered inside, humming as he sorted through the fruit and bunches of herbs Crowley had brought. He cradled an orange to his face, inhaling deeply. Crowley stepped back, taking in the smallish room with its chrome bar stools arranged in groups around high tables. Everything was very industrial-looking, slick and futuristic. It was easier to focus on than Aziraphale. Somehow Crowley had expected him to be in uniform, even though Crowley himself had turned up in his best black jeans and skin-hugging Henley. It was just that Aziraphale looked so comfortable in Prophecy Bar, it was almost like he'd been born there. Today he was simply dressed in a crisp white shirt tucked neatly into tan trousers. There was something sharp about the cut of the trousers, though, and the material clung to his thighs and, someone save Crowley, his ass whenever he moved. His hair, that was always so well tamed and slicked professionally back, had been allowed freedom to curl properly. It looked tuzzled, artfully so. Casual Aziraphale, with his shirt collar open, slowly rolling up his shirt sleeves while he said, Shall I help you prep the garnish? made Crowley tingle all over. Sure, yeah, just going to get some things out. Crowley had brought items from his own mixology kit at home. It'd be smoother if he had the jigger he was used to, strainers he'd practiced his flare moves with. Aziraphale nodded. First, though, 
he plucked two shot glasses from the mirrored shelves along the wall and popped them on the table Crowley would be using as a bar. Hmm. He crouched down, inspecting the bottles on the trolley. Try this. It's very smooth, a bit sweet. He poured the vodka and handed a glass to Crowley. Drinking on the job? Crowley grinned. Before a shift? Well, this requires more of a casual party vibe than stellar customer service. And I think we both need some help relaxing. Which made Crowley think of other things they could do to relax. The noise he made was mortifying. Like a deflating balloon. Azira fell smoothed his hand over the tabletop, glancing quickly up at Crowley. I apologize if I've made things awkward between us. No, 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 not at all, Crowley insisted, despite the distinct atmosphere that had been hanging over them both since that kiss. <sighs> I misread the signals, clearly, Aziraphel sighed. And I miss working with you. I was so looking forward to today, but I ruined it. Cause you didn't. Not your fault I'll fall in love with anyone who looks at me twice. Anyone? Aziraphel said quietly. Yeah, it's cool. We're cool. Then, because Crowley was rapidly flailing towards the stage where he would do anything to end the conversation, he raised his glass. Vajestarovye! And knocked the shot back. That vodka Scandinavian. Aziraphale smiled tightly. Course, Crowley wheezed a bit. Explains why I can taste apples. It was the water up there. Best water in the world. Shall we get on? He added desperately. Aziraphale knocked back his own shot and nodded resolutely. Despite being in civvies for the class, they were both wearing their most comfortable shoes. An hour and a half was still a long time to be on your feet, and the customers who filled up the room were there to have a good time. That meant not showing it when your instep twinged or your spine could do with some clicking. Crowley had to do a lot more than simply mixing drinks while Aziraphale spoke. He flirted and explained parts of what he was doing and why and debated the benefits of egg white in a whiskey sour. He did listen to Aziraphale speak, though, and it made Crowley feel excited in a way he hadn't for a long time. Aziraphale was passionate and he knew so much. He didn't lecture, though. He included the guests in the conversation and he included Crowley. Which is the one lesson I hope you take away today. 
Aziraphale rested his arms on the table behind him in a way that made his shirt stretch across his broad chest. Find what works for you. Learn the balance of flavors so you know what you like. Then find yourself a barman who knows how to give you that. Any barman worth his salt will be eager to listen and help you which Crowley both agreed with and thought he'd heard somewhere before. Not the exact words, but the tone. It was like the unchecked love and passion that went into the cocktails posts. Although without the affectionate bit of humour. It was a fleeting thought, lost as Aziraphale smiled at him. Look at Crowley here mixing egg white for me. I'm making two rounds, Crowley said to the small group. One with, one without, so, as Aziraphale said, you can make up your own minds. It was almost like life pre-kiss, Crowley thought, as he took the drink saw egg white around. Working as a waitress in a cocktail bar? A guest with a too charming smile and a rich voice said as Crowley placed the drink on its napkin. Only waitressing because it's a special occasion, Crowley said. I'm very grateful. I'm Luke. Luke's friends were turned away, talking to the mother and daughter on the next table. Crowley nodded. Nice to meet you. Polite distant. He drugged his prophecy bar persona on. Luke had already taken a pen from his pocket and was writing a phone number on the napkin. Crowley swallowed. Luke wasn't bad looking. Big, strong hands and nice shoulders. Confident. And Crowley was having a good time. Today was a lift over the general hum of tiredness he felt. The exhaustion would come back later, though. He'd collapse on his sofa, aching and empty. Where would the hum be in taking the napkin so he could think about it tonight? Crowley hesitated, hand hovering over the table. Unless you're with Blondie, of course. Luke tilted his head. No, we aren't together. Which was stupid. Stupid! Aziraphale would have been the perfect excuse not to accept this distracting temptation. Another glass clinked on the table as Aziraphale put down the drinks with egg whites. Delicious. Luke sipped his cocktail while keeping his eyes on Crowley. The napkin with its carefully written number was right there. No way that Aziraphale hadn't seen it. It's an expertly made drink. Aziraphale smiled, but the edges were as sharp as knives. Can you taste how the flavours of the whisky punch through the citrus? Crowley took the tray back to his mixing station. He left the napkin behind. 
It was easier not to give in to fancy with Aziraphale standing there. Crowley dodged Luke's attention for the rest of the class. I'm sorry if I overstepped. Crowley looked up from the sink where he was washing up his mixing equipment. About what? he asked, suspecting the answer, but not really wanting to have a conversation about it. Raphael leaned a hip on the counter next to the sink and folded his arms. Crowley tried not to look at the fine blonde hairs on his forearms. The guest offering you his phone number. Oh, you're fine. It happens. Crowley shrugged. The cleanup room behind the main area was very small, and Aziraphale and his enticing scent seemed to dominate the space. Does it happen often? Aziraphale asked quietly. <laughs> well, with Mr. Smooth and you, I am having a pretty good run. Crowley laughed. It sounded unattractive and nasal. I, on the other hand, don't seem to be having much luck at all, Aziraphale mused. Maybe you should lift that one-ride-only policy. Crowley dried up his strainers, focusing on them and nothing else. Maybe I've just never found anyone who's tempted me to another round. Crowley knew the flush was crawling up the back of his neck. He searched for a different subject. How much of that bourbon is left? Are you thirsty? And, oh, Dear someone, the way Aziraphale asked that had layers. It contained multitudes. Crowley swallowed and risked looking up at him. Incredibly, he admitted. It was Aziraphale's turn to turn pink. Their gazes held for a hot, steady moment before Aziraphale turned away. Do you want another sour? Nah. Crowley dried his hand. I want to play. Can I tempt you? Aziraphale looked Crowley slowly up and down. Not quite with the obvious interest he once had, but a very clear, if somewhat guarded, assessment nonetheless. Temptation accomplished. Although, if I may make a suggestion? Cause you may. Your bar is garden-themed? Yeah. Crowley tried not to be flattered that Aziraphale remembered or embarrassed to be talking about something that had existed only in his head or in his journal for so long. Something that was so very personal. It felt too delicate to be out in the world yet. It felt like Aziraphale had a safe pair of hands to hold a dream with, though. And he looked so incredibly excited as he said, So, what's the most famous garden in history? 
Those hanging ones, Crowley tried, unsure where Aziraphale was heading. Aziraphale rolled his eyes. Honestly, choose yourself a spirit. I'm going to juice some apples. The rye whiskey with apple cider was pretty good. Crowley slipped the recipe in his back pocket for something to try warmed up and explore further in the autumn. The flavours of the gin and apple juice with soda was hard to balance. After the third go, they gave up because it was getting wasteful and if they finished drinking every concoction they mixed, getting the tube back would be fraught with unsteady perils. Wrong gin for it, Crowley decided. Need something with more floral botanicals. Tonic might be better as well. The soda's too salty. Aziraphale took another sip to make sure. It's like drinking Piccadilly Circus. Light and noise everywhere. It was with the Scandinavian vodka, smooth and creamy and already with notes of green apples, that things came together. Apple juice, vodka, lemon juice, sugar. Although it still took a couple of attempts to get the sweetness right, but eventually a simple syrup rather than muddling with sugar did the trick. Might not need it at all with sweeter apples, Aziraphale murmured. These are the ones we have to work with. Need some cinnamon garnish, you think? Crowley rested his hands on his side of the table and narrowed his eyes at the latest creation, sitting innocently in its old-fashioned glass. Cinnamon stick to stir and something green, Aziraphale decided from his side of the table. The drink was a deep honey orange. Crowley was rather proud of it, but something green might well lift the appearance. I'd make an apple twist if I didn't think I'd risk cutting my thumb off. It's good, though. It had tasted good. A beautiful balance of flavours. It's basically a screwdriver. Aziraphale sipped the concoction again, holding it in his mouth for a moment. Nah, it's a temptation. Sweet, but not overly so. There was a crispness to it, a lightness. You wouldn't realize how lethal it was until the room started spinning. A temptation accomplished? Aziraphale gave him one of those looks again, weighted with too much emotion, too much calculation for Crowley to unpick. Especially now, when he was so far into his cups. There was something he wanted to focus on, though, a niggle that, if left, wouldn't let him sleep tonight. What do you think the cocktails writer would say about it? Something pithy, no doubt, Aziraphale shrugged. And what about the type of person who drinks it? Well, 
seeing as we're the only two people who have so far. Aziraphale raised his eyebrow. Tell me what you like in bed, and I'll see if I can compare it to the drink, shall I? Crowley made himself smile, even as his stomach swooped. Yeah, best not go there. He couldn't meet Aziraphale's eyes as his brain scrambled for something to say. Anything. You know, the forbidden fruit was thought to be a fig until Milton weighed in on it. No, really? Aziraphale accepted the change of subject with suitable astonishment, for which Crowley was grateful. Actual fig. Why do you think Adam and Watson were wearing fig leaves when they were kicked out? Aziraphale considered this for a moment. We could try something with honey, or ginger beer then. They'd both pair well with figs, and we never use the tequila. No way, no. Crowley shook his head, then stopped because it made him dizzy. Can't keep up with me? Aziraphale pouted with mock sympathy. Crowley wanted to bite his lip. We don't have any fucking fix. Crowley jabbed a finger at him to illustrate the point. Spoil sport, Aziraphale murmured. Nah, I'll be a spoil sport when I say we need to tidy up. Aziraphale groaned. Do you and Anathema always get this sloshed when you run these classes? Crowley asked. Nope. Honestly, we've normally fucked off with the guests we've pulled by now. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Aziraphale raised the drink, the temptation accomplished to his lips. So why are you here with me? Crowley tried to gather the debris of their mixing session together. Bits of it kept moving. Especially when I could have pulled and got out of your hair. Aziraphale put down the glass. He huffed with something like impatience. <sighs> Crowley, is it not obvious? Nope. Crowley paused in tidying up to try and focus on Aziraphale. Aziraphale looked like he was trying to focus on him in return. My dear, I'm terribly sorry, but I think I'd rather be here getting pissed with you than off fucking a stranger. You what? Crowley blinked. You see... I know you said you didn't want to sleep with me because you were afraid you'd fall in love with me. Well, what if I said I'm rather afraid I might fall in love with you too? Aziraphale put a hand on the table to steady himself, presumably after that rush of words. He looked quite breathless. Crowley took a moment to process all that to try and control the hope rising in his heart. 
I don't know. I don't think that's ever happened before. To me neither. Well, once. But I don't want to talk about him. Aziraphale shuddered. Then let's not. Let's go home, okay? It seemed like a good idea. And although Crowley knew deep in his soul that it really wasn't, he couldn't quite remember why. Not with Aziraphale being all cute and tipsy anyway. They went home. Crowley's home, which was closer. They giggled up the stairs of his house chair and collapsed onto his fold-out sofa bed. There may have been some kissing, some enthusiastic groping. Or Crowley might just have dreamed it. The awkward press of Aziraphale's lips, the drag of his body against Crowley's as they got tangled in the bedsheets, was a memory that slapped Crowley in the face as soon as he woke up. The ice-pick-sharp slam of a headache came next. Aziraphale had gone, but as Crowley stumbled to the bathroom, he saw the notebook page pinned to his bedroom door. Through his pain-blurred eyes, he recognized the curved handwriting. Temptation accomplished. The connoisseur of this delightful tipple is as beautifully balanced as the drink itself. An addictive mix of sweet and tart with nuanced layers. A very refreshing addition to any evening. I suggest giving in at once. Four ounces of apple juice, two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of simple syrup. Cinnamon stick, crushed ice. A.X. Cocktails A Good Omens Potfic Written by Tony Owl95 and read by Literarian Chapter 3 Gin and Tonic 14th October 2022 Cocktails Because it's fun to mix things up what to expect if your date drinks a gin and tonic? A simple drink and a simple drinker, which is not to say either are straightforward. The casual, easy-going start means they aren't afraid to experiment and can be an exciting adventure to mark a new period of your life. Gin and tonic ingredients. Two ounces of gin, as needed tonic. Gin and tonic directions. Combine all ingredients in chilled highball glass. Add ice. More below the cut. <laughs> Crow.
Crowley wobbled into work like he'd been hit by a truck, and that said truck had dragged him all the way from Crouch End. He still had the notebook page from Aziraphale clutched in his hand. It had been impossible not to stare at it for the whole tube journey, and yet Crowley still failed to believe what it was telling him. Refreshing shouldn't be a compliment, should it? Neither should tart. Still, Crowley was flattered and giddy and very happy. Despite the fact it felt like the bartender from hell was muddling his brain to shit. Anathema's smile was toothy and unsympathetic. Have fun? Fuck off. Crowley winced as he was forced to shut his locker door. The noise was unnecessarily loud. I take it you were too wasted to confirm the rumors, Anathema continued. If you care so much, why don't you fuck him? Anathema's laugh was delighted. <laughs> oh, I have. Bloody hell, Crowley must be the only one in the hotel, if not London, who hadn't fucked Aziraphale. Had he called any of those smug former conquests beautifully balanced? Anathema, the tease, slammed the staff room door on her way out. Crowley shuddered. He picked up his water bottle and sloshed the liquid around his too dry mouth before staggering out into the service corridor. Mr. Crowley! Oh, fuck it. The guest relationship manager and his too bright smile was walking swiftly towards him. He could probably smell the hangover and shame oozing from Crowley's paws. A word, Gabriel said ominously. Crowley followed him back into the staff room and prepared for a bollocksing. What's going on between you and Mr. Fell? Gabriel folded his arms. What? Aziraphale? Crowley honestly had no idea. Everything from the fake conversation onwards was kind of hazy. A through-the-looking-glass jumble of disconnected scenes and sensations were like a movie reel from someone else's brain. He did have the note still in his back pocket, though. Evidence the evening had happened. That Aziraphale liked him and had been in his bed, even if nothing memorable had happened. Although the weight of Aziraphale pushing him back into the mattress before they'd both passed out lingered like a fever dream. You don't mean anything to him, Gabriel continued officiously. You might feel special now, but trust me, he'll soon move on. Crowley was too hungover for this. Remind me why this is any of your business. Gabriel bristled. I'm looking out for you, sunshine, for our guests. Nothing ruins their experience like an atmosphere of broken-hearted resentment. My heart is fine. It was. Whatever had happened, Crowley felt awful 
but a normal, dehydrated, hungover kind of awful. As far as I'm aware, Aziraphale is still in one piece too. Now, I've got a shift to start. He's just years in you. The staff room door swung open. Crowley. Aziraphale looked annoyingly chipper for a man who had barely been able to stand last night. He went more suitably ashen as his eyes fixed on Gabriel, though. Am I interrupting? Aziraphale, Gabriel said coolly. I was just bringing Mr. Crowley up to speed with your bad habits. How thrilling for him, but Prophecy Bar has opened now and it's a Sunday lunchtime, so if I could just have him back. Aziraphale stood aside from the door and flapped his hand at Crowley until he went through. Aziraphale shut the door very firmly and then tugged his impeccably arranged waistcoat in a way that did nothing to correct how it was being worn, but probably made him feel more in control of things. Complete nightmare, he huffed. He seemed very into your affairs. Crowley sipped more water. Gabriel still acts like we're dating sometimes. You dated? That was, well, unexpected, barely covered it. Gabriel was a total ass, and Aziraphale didn't date. Aziraphale glanced quickly at Crowley as they walked down the corridor. I know. He is rather intense. No, I meant... Well... He lowered his voice. I thought you were one time and then done. Had whatever happened last night been Crowley's one time? Surely not. He'd woken up fully clothed, apart from one shoe. And he was a refreshing addition to any evening wasn't he? Anathema hasn't told you? Aziraphale asked. She single-handedly keeps the gossip mill turning and the pair of you are so close that, well, never mind, we should get to work, shouldn't we? Aziraphale ducked his head and quickened his pace. His cheeks were pink and his hands danced nervously at his waistcoat hem again. You want to get a drink? Crowley asked. Not the best idea, but there were things Crowley needed to know. About last night, about Aziraphale's past. If you'd like. Crowley swallowed. Aziraphale blinked at him, as though hardly daring to believe it. You still want to? After I disappeared this morning? Crowley shrugged. All things being equal, he was rather glad Aziraphale had fucked off and missed him being sick in the toilet. Oh, yes, I would like that. Aziraphale smiled so sweetly, Crowley felt his teeth start to ache. Yeah, me too. His feet shuffled on the tiles. 
so much for avoiding an atmosphere while they worked. Aziraphale managed to banish the growing awkwardness by leaning in and whispering, Not here, though. Have you seen the price list? By the time the shift was over, Crowley felt better prepared to face drinking more alcohol. The scent of the drinks he'd been mixing for all the customers had forced him to get over any latent queasiness sharpish. Plus, Aziraphale seemed perfectly fine. Polite and breezy as he chatted away, hands moving swift and sure as he mixed, poured, squeezed. Had they been that competent last night when they'd travelled over Crowley's body? Through his hair? Crowley still wasn't sure it had been real. He wanted it to be, while also feeling regretful that he hadn't been alert for it. By the time it came to handing over for the evening shift, it wasn't the hangover that made him hot and shivery all at once. Would you still like to get a drink with me? Aziraphale asked when they both found themselves in the staff room. Is it safe to? Crowley asked as he shrugged on his leather jacket. Last night nearly knocked me out. It did, Aziraphale said fondly. It's because you're so svelte. He came closer. Not touching, but his gaze was enough to make Crowley feel fever-hot. I hope you don't mind me saying so, but drunk Crowley was pleasant company too. Very relaxed and in vino veritas and all that. Yes, Crowley said slowly, feeling his way along the edge of the conversation like a blindfolded man in the dark. We both said some, um, things, didn't we? We did. Aziraphale bit down on his nervous smile. I promise to behave tonight, and by that I mean with regard to the amount of alcohol I consume. I don't think I can make promises about anything else where you're concerned. Hmm? Crowley said. Where shall we go then? I know a place. The place was Coven. They didn't even have to wait in line. With a cheery, Good evening, Shadwell, Aziraphale got them straight through the barrier. You used to work here, right? Crowley said. And probably the oyster shack too, if Crowley's suspicions were correct. And Aziraphale's note was a confession in more ways than one, wasn't it? The owner was my mentor, Aziraphale said. No way! You and Madame Tracy! 
She had more class bar awards than Crowley could count, including several for Cocktail of the Year and was a judge for the London Bartender Awards. You slept with her too? For a moment, Crowley thought he'd gone too far, that he'd sounded like a jealous ass rather than genuinely curious. Aziraphale laughed, though. <laughs> I wish. No, purely professional relationship, I'm afraid. Crowley was so starstruck as they went through the door that he nearly tripped down the narrow staircase, stumbling into a room decorated like a cross between a Victorian lady's boudoir and the setting for a séance. There was brocade and chandeliers throughout the cavern-like space. It was all rich and opulent. Crowley followed Aziraphale around the table to the polished bar, then up the curved staircase at the back. VIP section, huh? Crowley said as they arrived on the balcony that projected out over the bar area below. It was busy up here too, but not the crush that there was downstairs. The customers lounged about on half-moon sofas and on high stools facing the balcony railing. Only the best, which is why we aren't stopping here. Aziraphale took his elbow and guided him to an oak door next to the bar. With a flourish, Aziraphale keyed in the code and ushered Crowley through. On the other side was a modest room decorated in a similar fashion to the VIP area. A glossy mahogany bar dominated one corner. Everything else appeared to be very much there to serve it. There were comfortable-looking sofas and low tables. What will you have? Aziraphale asked, setting himself up behind the bar. He knew exactly where everything was. Crowley hopped onto one of the stools. You know I can do that myself, right? Of course. You don't fancy me taking care of you, though? Aziraphale's smile was faint but suggestive. Crowley really did fancy both smile and suggestion. Ram Martinez, please, barkeep, he said around the lump in his throat. I don't think Tracy keeps toasted wood chips back here. The door from the VIP area opened and a woman strode through, draped in a pink silk scarf so big it billowed around her hips. Aziraphale, my love. Eric said he saw you downstairs. Poor thing was devastated that you didn't say hello. Tracy, you're just in time. I've got something for you to try. Something or someone? She smiled at Crowley wickedly. It was a jarring contrast to the neat blonde bob and pastel cashmere beneath the scarf. Crowley wanted to say something clever. He really did. All he managed was a string of vowels. He's adorable. Tracy clapped her hands together and held them to her heart. Keep your talents to yourself.
The stirrer clicked against the glass as Aziraphale mixed. I'm Tracy, love. I know. Crowley had meant to sound suave. He sounded like an overexcited child. Tracy patted his shoulder as she took the stool next to him. This is Crowley, Aziraphale said. Crowley! Tracy crossed her legs and rested her chin on her hand while she looked at Aziraphale, who was getting a jug of apple juice from the fridge. A jug. Freshly juiced and not from a carton. Had Aziraphale prepared for this? Crowley, he confirmed, eyeing the jug. Then Aziraphale. Aziraphale avoided his gaze. I've heard so much about you, Tracy whispered. What are you mixing, Azilove? The signature drink for Crowley's new bar. Exciting! Tell me more about your bar. Crowley had fallen down a rabbit hole. He glanced nervously between Aziraphale and Tracy. I mean... Early days, don't have a name, just vibes and a dream, really. Where I started, love, what are you vibing with? Crowley was too gobsmacked to resist. Even if he'd had any modicum of chill left, seeing Aziraphale mix from the side of the bar would have decimated him. Mixing their cocktail at that. Before Crowley knew it, he had pulled his journal out of his bag because it was easier to show than fight for words to describe what was in his heart. Tracy was a wealth of information. She gently helped him deconstruct the eager but knotted mess in his head into priorities and common pitfalls. Aziraphale listened quietly as he handed them over their drinks, then patiently made another round when those were finished. The phone number that Tracy offered Crowley on a bar napkin was gratefully accepted. He tucked it safely in the pages of his journal, head spinning. I best get back to work. Tracy sipped the last of her drink. I think you boys are on to something there. Maybe see if you can change the cinnamon for something less sweet. She gave Crowley's hand a squeeze and swept her scarf around her neck before leaving the room. Aziraphale rested his elbows on the bar. You want another? He looked very pleased with himself. Crowley adored him. He leaned forward and cupped his face. Thank you, he whispered and pressed their lips together. Aziraphale went on his toes, stretching forward to push his fingers into Crowley's hair. Crowley nearly climbed on the bar with his need to get closer. Aziraphale had introduced him to someone who had opened the future up for him, helping him to signpost a way through it. It was a priceless gift. Crowley, 
Aziraphale tugged on his hair, pulling his head back a bit. Their eyes met, and Crowley knew his own desperate hunger was reflected back at him from Aziraphale's blue-green eyes. I'm sorry, Aziraphale whispered. I need to explain about Gabriel. Crowley's stomach sank. His arse hit the padded leather of the cushion as he sat back down. Aziraphale ran his hands over his face. I'm going to need another drink for this. Aziraphale made them gin and tonics. Simple and honest. A promising drink for such a serious conversation. So, Gabriel, Crowley prompted when they were both seated on the same side of the bar, their knees turned in towards each other. Ah, yes, Gabriel. Aziraphale took a long, slow sip. I hooked up with Gabriel before I started at Prophecy. Although I was at the bar in the upstairs restaurant then. And, well, it was nice. Gabriel was nice, but it was a hookup, although at the time I didn't realize. Aziraphale took more of a gulp than a sip this time, and his fingers danced nervously against the bar, as though seeking a distraction. So when I caught him with beer from hospitality at the Christmas party, what, five years ago now, before I did a stint working there? <laughs> Gabriel soon put me straight, however. Too many self-pity margaritas later, and I was dancing with Anathema and Newton. Well, after we finished dancing, the three of us went up to one of the free rooms and... The bridge of Aziraphale's nose went pink. You can imagine. Crowley certainly could. He'd die rather than admit it, but Anathema was attractive, and the idea of the three of them made him squirm a bit with fascination and arousal. Aziraphale was built for pleasure, and he would have looked amazing. Crowley concentrated on his drink, hoping the crispness of it would cool the heat in his cheeks. Aziraphale smiled tightly, hands still flexing on the bar. It was so liberating. Lord, I've always been greedy for experiences, and it was an experience. Not just that there were three of us, but just sex for the pure enjoyment of it. Without any strings. Although it turned out that although it was acceptable for Gabriel to fuck around, he didn't like the idea of me doing the same. Especially when I wouldn't fuck around with him again. <sighs> Back then I was too afraid I'd start to fall in love with him again, you see? I really didn't want to be in love with anyone just then. Aziraphale took a breath. Just as well. His words had rattled off so fast it had been hard for Crowley to keep up. I get it, he whispered. 
He really did. The heartbreak, the loss, feeling discarded. And we can just hang out and be friends. Sounds like you found a sweet spot, but for me sex only ever complicates things. Aziraphale looked at him slowly. Crowley, do you remember anything from last night? Oh shit, have we fucked already? Decidedly not, and I'm offended you think I'd be so unmemorable. Aziraphale huffed. No, I meant the part where I said what was likely to happen if we did sleep together. Aziraphale looked up quickly, then put his attention back on stirring his drink. That I think I'd end up falling in love with you too. You what? Crowley's heart jumped. I'm terribly sorry. Aziraphale's shoulders dropped as he sighed. <sighs> but I think I might have done it already. Couldn't help it. I just wasn't exactly sure what the feeling was. It's been so long and I wasn't looking for it. Wasn't sure I wanted it and that's why I ran away this morning. I don't sleep over, Crowley. Ever. But last night... In Vino Veritas, I felt so safe. Oh, angel. The desire to take Aziraphale home welled up, familiar and demanding. Crowley suddenly needed it like air and the horny little mind gremlins were baying for it. No, Crowley had sworn off that. No more hookups or one-night stands. No more flings that left him just that little bit more twisted up and lonely in the morning. But love was different, wasn't it? I don't think once would be enough with you, you see. Aziraphale's eyes met his, full of hope. His smile was a lost, pleading little thing. Oh, so you wouldn't want to... with no strings anymore? Crowley swallowed, not quite daring to believe. I don't know, but appetites change, and right now I want you. Really, quite badly. I want you too, and don't get me wrong, I want to be with you and only you, but... Crowley wet his lips. Heat crawled up the back of his neck. Really, though, the idea of watching had sparked something to life deep inside him. If you ever did want to sleep with someone else again... Maybe if I could be there too. I like the idea of watching you. Maybe getting involved as well. Telling the third person just what to do in order to bring Aziraphale off. Crowley enjoyed watching Aziraphale do what he loved, what he was good at, after all. 
and Aziraphale loved sex as much as mixing. Aziraphale blinked at Crowley slowly. You wouldn't mind? Don't think so. I do know I'd like to try. How? Aziraphale's cheeks flushed a bit. Something to certainly talk about later. Right now, I think you're going to be more than enough for me. Yeah? Crowley's heart had still not settled down. His blood pounded in his temples. Aziraphale nodded, his eyes searching Crowley's face. Crowley slipped from his barstool and slunk between Aziraphale's spread knees. Aziraphale's breath caught as Crowley took the glass from his hand, breaking their gaze only to place it carefully back on the bar. I can certainly be a handful. Crowley resisted the urge to bat his lashes, but only just. Two, I imagine. Aziraphale grabbed Crowley's hips, tugging him in close. Certainly. Crowley tilted his head as his arms snaked around Aziraphale's neck. It was a good kiss, slow and full of promise, tinged with the sweetness of apple juice. Afterwards, Crowley still didn't take Aziraphale home. At least not right away. They finished their drinks first. Cocktails A Good Omens Potfic Written by Tony Owl95 and read by Literarian Chapter 4 Daiquiri 10th December 2022 Cocktails Because it's fun to mix things up What to expect if your date drinks a daiquiri? With only three ingredients, this cocktail provides nowhere to hide. The daiquiri drinker wears their heart on their sleeve, but loves life and is ready to carpe diem. Be prepared to have your mind blown. Daiquiri ingredients. Two ounces of white rum. Three quarter ounces of lime juice. Three quarter ounces of simple syrup. Lime wedge. Daiquiri Directions Combine all ingredients except lime wedge in a shaker. Add ice and shake vigorously until tin is frosted over. Strain cocktail into a chilled coupe glass. Garnish and enjoy. More below the cut. Crowley 
Crowley slammed his bedroom door shut, his palms flat against the wood either side of Aziraphale's head so he could press their bodies together. There was a moan building in his throat as their lips met. Aziraphale's fingers curled in Crowley's hair and tugged on the front of his t-shirt, dragging him further into a kiss that was rough and tasted of spiced apple juice. One of Crowley's hands shifted to Aziraphale's jaw, his thigh lifted to rub at the bulge tinting Aziraphale's trousers. Not that big, Crowley whispered as Aziraphale rutted against his leg. Don't know what all the fuss is about. It's how you use it, my dear. The room spun, and then Crowley was the one with his back against the door. Not a bad turn of events by any means. Aziraphale's hands wandered insistently over Crowley's body, undoing and untucking while his mouth sucked a bruise into his neck. Aziraphale's hand slipped below Crowley's waistband, cupping his hard cock through his briefs. Hmm, yours isn't bad either. Perhaps I should make you top. You're a fucking tease, Crowley growled, his whole body shivery with anticipation. Aziraphale smiled sweetly as he continued to stroke Crowley with increasing focus. Thank you for noticing. He wrapped the loose ends of Crowley's belt around his hand and dragged him towards the open sofa bed. Oh yes, the self-imposed drought was over and Crowley was more than ready. He threw off his coat, hauled his t-shirt over his head. Eager, are we? Crowley's belt slithered free as Aziraphale pulled it through the loops and then stepped forward, hooking it around the back of Crowley's neck. The pressure of cool leather, the way Aziraphale used it to insist Crowley bent into another kiss made his stomach feel like a fairground ride. The polite, controlled Aziraphale who worked at Prophecy Bar was well and truly shed. The threads of feral bastard had always been there, but now they were liberated. Crowley wanted more. Fuck, but it was so rare to find someone this confident and uninhibited during sex. Someone who knew exactly what they liked and was ready to take it. Aziraphale jerked Crowley's trousers and underwear down over his hips, sitting back on the bed as he did. This brought his face more or less level with Crowley's exposed cock. Aziraphale's breath ghosted over Crowley's heated skin as he looked up. He was still fully clothed and Crowley, with his trousers now sagging around his knees and the belt still hanging around his neck, felt deliciously exposed. 
Oh, you are eager. Aziraphale brushed his thumb over Crowley's slit. Darling, you're beautiful. I'm too fucking hot for you is what I am. Crowley breathed. And abstinence made the heart grow fonder or something. I can see. Aziraphale rested a steadying hand on Crowley's hip and, keeping their eye contact, swirled his tongue around Crowley's cockhead. Crowley's toes clenched against the thin carpet. Aziraphale wasn't even taking him fully into his mouth, just licking and kissing, getting Crowley wet and sloppy. It drove him to the brink of distraction. And Aziraphale's eyes, still gazing up at him, shameless and desire-bright, weren't helping. You're so fucking sexy. It sounded almost like a growl in Crowley's dry throat. Take your shirt off. Aziraphale didn't pause. His hands worked his shirt buttons open, shoulders rolling as he pulled his shirt off. Fuck, he had shoulders Crowley wanted to sink his teeth into. As that was physically impossible, Crowley touched with his hands instead. Aziraphale hummed his approval, still tasting Crowley like he was the best flavour in the world. Do you want me to come all over your face? Because you're going the right way about it. Aziraphale pulled back, tongue running quickly over his top lip. Now there's an idea. Crowley's breath caught in his throat. The idea of Aziraphale wanting that, of his cum marking Aziraphale's face, made his toes dig back into the carpet. It made his cock twitch where it was already leaving a wet trail on Aziraphale's cheek. Crowley fought his way out of the rest of his clothes. Aziraphale stood up and shimmied out of his own too, until he was left in a pair of thigh-hugging boxes, the front stretched obscenely by his cock. Crowley clenched at the sight of it. Aziraphale rolled his eyes, confirming Crowley must look as completely desperate as he felt. It's not that big. Crowley said boldly. You're just being nice. Aziraphale ran his hands up Crowley's chest. Not nice. Bet I could take it with no fuss at all. Would barely feel it. His voice caught because Aziraphale had found the leather end of the belt, which was apparently still hung around Crowley's neck, and was using it to trace his collarbone, tease his nipple. Shall we find out? Aziraphale climbed backwards onto the bed, pulling on both ends of the belt now. 
they settled, with Aziraphale sitting against the headboard, Crowley straddling one of his thick thighs. Leather ran against Crowley's skin as the belt was pulled away and discarded. Then Aziraphale's fingers dug into Crowley's arse, squeezing it hard. Can't believe I finally get my hands on this. Do you know how much garnish I've been dropping when you bend over? Crowley was mortified to hear himself giggle. <laughs> this old thing. Are you as tight everywhere as you are here? Aziraphale squeezed again, making Crowley lift up onto his knees a bit. Stay there and I'll let you know. Crowley twisted away, fetching the loop from the bedside table. Aziraphale took it from him and slicked up his finger and pushed it shallowly inside Crowley's body. Crowley's muscles tightened, easy to make them relax again though, as Aziraphale began to pump his finger slowly, smearing the lube around. Not a virgin, Crowley muttered, hips working at the tees. You don't have to go nuts with the prep. And what if I enjoy the prep? Crowley squirmed. Please, Aziraphale. Oh, very well. Up you come, then. Crowley pushed down on Aziraphale's shoulders, rising up on his knees so Aziraphale could work his briefs down over his cock. Crowley glanced between them and swallowed. Despite his best intentions to be cool, his breath caught. Having second thoughts? Aziraphale smirked. Nah, but we might need more lube. Flatterer, are you going to be alright like this? I rather like having your face here. Yeah, just let me... Crowley swung his leg over Aziraphale's other thigh, so he was straddling his lap. He squeezed lube on his hand, then reached between them to stroke Aziraphale's cock. It was quite the handful. Crowley never backed down from a challenge, though. Gratifying that Aziraphale's eyes had fluttered closed too, and there was a tension in his jaw as Crowley said, You ready? Are you? Told you, it's not that big. Crowley's insistence was rather undercut by the winds he made as he lowered himself down, and Aziraphale's cockhead started to breach him. Not uncomfortable, but it was a stretch. <sighs> Crowley exhaled, forcing himself to relax. Too much <sighs> for you? Aziraphale sounded like it was rather too much for him. Fuck off. Crowley braced himself to take more. 
His nails dug into Aziraphale's shoulders as he worked himself down. It was just starting to feel like too much now, but Aziraphale was watching him with hooded eyes, his breath broken. It was a good look on him. The smug bastard. Crowley, you feel wonderful. You're not bad either. Crowley felt deliciously full. His thighs tensed as he lowered himself down, slowly taking the last few inches. See? He lifted an eyebrow smugly. Told you. And now the tricky part was done, Crowley's cock was starting to grow fully hard again. He was keyed up and ready for more. You're not done yet. Aziraphale's hand slid back to Crowley's arse, encouraging him to move. A moment to gather his breath, remind his muscles who was boss, and Crowley obliged. He squeezed Aziraphale tight on the downward stroke. Oh, good lord! Aziraphale gripped Crowley's cheeks tightly. That's... He gasped as Crowley moved again. Yeah, Crowley agreed. Want more? Mm-hmm. Aziraphale nodded, his head falling back against the wall. Greedy. Crowley admonished, but increased the pace, because he was hungry too. Fuck it, he wanted to drive Aziraphale over the edge, see those last stitches of control holding him together snap. He was already flushed, the grip on Crowley's ass urging him to go faster. Aziraphale's hips rose as much as they could to meet Crowley as he sank back down. The drag of Aziraphale's cock, the thrust of it inside him, made Crowley feel hot and tingly. His knees ached, his arse would ache something awful tomorrow too. His own cock dripped on Aziraphale's belly where they were pressed together. It had been worth the wait. The months of loneliness and frustrated horniness had all been worth it because it had led to this. It was fucking brilliant. Just like that, Aziraphale breathed, his eyes still half-closed. Keep going. Crowley curled forward, pressing his forehead to Aziraphale's. His hand drifted down to Aziraphale's chest, palm rubbing over the peak of his nipple. With a groan, Aziraphale grabbed Crowley's waist, holding him still now as he snapped his hips upwards. Crowley cried out with the force of it. Oh, fuck yes, he hissed as Aziraphale did it again. Put that massive cock of yours to work. 
make me feel every fucking inch. So you... Lord, you admit, just fuck me like the filthy size queen I am. Aziraphale bit back his chuckle as he grabbed at something on the bed. The fucking belt again. Aziraphale wrapped it tight around Crowley's waist, holding both ends of it with one hand to keep Crowley in place as he fucked him. The other was braced against the mattress so that he had more leverage to thrust upwards. Crowley's spine arched. He placed a hand behind him so he could lean back, shift his legs wider and take more. Aziraphale was going to split him in half and, oh, someone, it would be amazing. Crowley's free hand drifted to his aching, neglected cock. Don't you dare. Aziraphale slapped Crowley's hand away, linking their fingers. I'll take care of you, trust me, just... Aziraphale looked pained for a minute, his movements becoming erratic. Crowley gripped him tighter, bounced faster, until Aziraphale came deep inside him. Oh, Crowley. Aziraphale's head fell forward, his damp breath on Crowley's neck. Oh, fuck, you're so good. Crowley held him tight, his own hips still twitching as he tried to prolong the sensations. He'd been so close to, so... Crowley landed on the mattress with a thump, Aziraphale pressing his hips into the tangled duvet. Before Crowley could draw breath, Aziraphale had swallowed his cock down. With a whine, Crowley's hips lifted, chasing the wet heat, the perfect suction. He'd been so close, and now... Aziraphale, he whimpered as he felt the squeeze of Aziraphale's throat. The pressure released, but Crowley was already coming. Aziraphale had pulled back but not by much. His mouth was open slightly, so the first pulse of Crowley's cum hit his tongue. Crowley curled his free hand around the base of his cock, felt it twitch again as he kept coming. Aziraphale barely moved, and Crowley's cum coated his cheek next. Oh, <laughs> Fuck! Crowley laughed as the aftershocks rippled through him. <laughs> You're insane! He flopped backwards, breathing hard. Do you have a tissue? Aziraphale asked primly. Going to need more than that. <laughs> Give me a warning next time. You put the idea in my head, and I was rather acting in the moment, 
Aziraphale sounded offended. You're insane. Crowley rolled off the bed and snatched his boxes from the floor. He cleaned Aziraphale up as best he could before they snuck down the corridor to the shared bathroom and washed each other properly. So, Crowley murmured as his fingers glided through the soap bubbles sliding down Aziraphale's back. Now that we're... Fucking, Aziraphale leaned back into the touch. Dating, Crowley said firmly, using his nails in a way guaranteed to make Aziraphale shiver. Dating and fucking. Or whatever we decide to call it. My point is, when are you going to tell me you write cocktails? The shower was small, and the spray of the heated water loud in a moment that felt so incredibly weighted. You know my secrets? Crowley continued to scratch along Aziraphale's shoulder blades. Only fair. I hope I don't know all your secrets, Aziraphale said after a moment. Stick around and find out. Aziraphale turned, his hands slipping around Crowley's waist. I plan to. It's why I need to confess something. Don't tell me. You write cocktails? Aziraphale looked quickly away. Yes. Knew it. But... The thing is, his gaze lifted to Crowley's face again, a wide-eyed, begging look that would make a puppy proud. Tracy introduced me to someone last year. They want me to turn the blog into a book. The thing with books, though, is that they need a happy ending. No, they don't. Aziraphale huffed. <laughs> the publisher says otherwise. You need help with a happy ending. Crowley's hand slipped between Aziraphale's thighs. He was rewarded with a snort of laughter that managed to sound both aroused and affectionate. <laughs> Not that sort of happy ending. Although he didn't move Crowley's hand away. You mean like leaving the dizzy lights of London to set up a bar in Edinburgh? Crowley whispered in his ear. Aziraphale bit his lip, gripping Crowley's shoulder. Or at least the promise of that. Lord, you're good at that. If you'll have me. Just did, Crowley grinned. Then have me again, Aziraphale gasped. And again, Crowley worked Aziraphale's cock faster. And again, oh fuck.
Crowley kissed him softly. Sounds like an arrangement to me. The End